You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. Um, I, I like that Alex picked that song with all those family references in it. Um, I don't know if he did that on purpose, but this story, this ancient story that we're remembering here tonight has a, is like a is like an expanding family thing. Uh, beyond, the, beyond those gender, genderized distinctions, I apologize for that. Um, but we're, we're, God is making this big family in this story, and we're going to kind of get a glimpse of like this foundational um, moment. And so I want to start with a little, um, not like I can compare myself to the um, great ancestors of the faith, but I want to start with a little story of a move that I had, too. The moving must be a theme as well here tonight. Liz, thanks for sharing that. Um, Once upon a time, I lived with my husband and two kids in this lovely house in in northwest Philly. And I have a picture up there of of some of it. Um, It had a really cozy fireplace and uh, a wood-burning stove, actually. It had this giant green backyard um, where I planted a garden, and I grew all kinds of delicious vegetables and beautiful flowers. And this house had a ton of closets, you know, which is a rare thing in Philly, and um, a basement that was big enough for banging on on drums like in a way you could never do in South Philly or you would get like seriously yelled at by your neighbors. (laughs) Um, It even had uh, a tool shed and um, a chicken coop and uh, like the the basement was big enough for a ping pong table. It had this big kitchen full of natural light um, and a big dining room and I love to cook for people. So it was great, but I did sense that God was asking us, asking us to leave this house um, in Germantown and go to a land that he would show us, the land of South Philly, where we would never find a house um, and yard like that for that price. But we did find a ton of other blessings and, and that was the promise that I was sensing from God, too, and it came to pass. And so I have never regretted um, this move, even though it didn't make sense on paper, and there were many unknowns and difficulties along the way. The whole story of the Bible is really a story of God calling out a people with whom to demonstrate God's love and provision in unknown, more expansive places than they might have imagined before. Um, so that we could see, God called out this, this little group of people as kind of a model, I think, so that we could see it and we could imagine how it's extended to everybody through Christ. And so this story um, starts with The story of the Bible really starts with the story of leaving one thing behind for another, going into the unknown, trusting God's leading. And this really seems to be the theme of the whole spiritual life in some ways. 
Um, moving, keep moving into a land that I will show you. Don't get too comfortable where you are. I have more blessings for you beyond what you can imagine now. I think God keeps saying that to us through the Spirit. So I want to look at Genesis 12 with you here. Um, I'll just read it out loud for time's sake. The Lord said to Abram, leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Those who curse you, I will curse. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. Abram left just as the Lord told him and Lot went with him. Now Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. He took his wife Sarai, the nephew Lot, all of their possessions and those who became members of their household in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abram traveled through the land as far as the sacred place at Shechem, at the Oak of Morah. The Canaanites lived in the land at that time. The Lord appeared to Abram and said, I give this land to your descendants. So Abram built an altar there to the Lord who appeared to him. From there he traveled toward the mountains east of Bethel, and he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and worshiped in the Lord's name. Then Abraham set out toward the arid southern plain, making and breaking camp as he went. So we get this picture of a journey beginning, a journey into the unknown. And we're remembering these stories all season so that we can remember God's provision in our own stories. We see behind the scenes in this, if you can think about kind of the subtext of the story, because not everything is written down in these, these old Bible narratives. Um, but if you can think of behind the scenes, this is not really an easy ask. It seems real simple in like one sentence, like leave your land. <laughs> but Abraham is 75 years old, even though people lived longer back then, it's pretty, that's pretty old to be leaving everything you've known your whole life, packing it up and going out into the desert. The desert is, is if we could add, the, yeah, thank you, Josh. The desert's not a very hospitable place. You don't usually know where there's gonna be water and food and there are predators, um, human and um, creatures, and the blazing sun doesn't relent. But Abraham is asked to go. Do you ever feel moved to move into the difficult unknown, unknown in your life? You are not alone. You know, when we tried to move back to South Philly, even though we sensed God calling us so clearly, the houses that we kept putting offers on kept getting snatched up by people who had more money. And um, we found something in the nick of time, but there was this month between the closings where we had to crash at, at a friend's house, put all our stuff in storage. So it was like real inconvenient. It, it was not um, 
not ideal. I mean, worse things have happened to many people, and in fact, it feels silly to even use this as an example, my own move as an example. Um, uh, you know, after the hardship of the pandemic, but it wasn't ideal and it wasn't easy. And I think that's many of the, uh, many of the, that's true of many of the journeys that we're called to take. God's command comes to Abraham, though, with, with this amazing promise um, that keeps rever reverberating through history and I think really defines the spiritual life. I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make you a blessing. Now, when I studied the Hebrew, that Hebrew word for bless, I'm going to bless you, it's not like hashtag blessed that we like see on Instagram in the United States, where you get the car and the job and the vacation and the partner of your dreams. Your bank account is overflowing. Um, instead, what God means by I'm going to bless you is my presence will never leave you. My presence will always go with you, no matter where you go, no matter how hard it gets. That was the blessing that Abraham, that, that was the promise of blessing that Abraham received there. And it's like, it's the same as we see in the little Emmanuel, God with us, the little baby born in Bethlehem, God coming in a, in a different form saying, I am with you. Emmanuel means God with us. And so that was the blessing. My presence is going to be with you and it's going to be enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to provide everything you really need, God was saying. You just have to trust me. I was cracking up at this meme on Instagram on Friday, and uh, I apologize for the, for the um, profanity in here, but um, if you're in early sobriety on a Friday night, you might mistake the, this blessing from God as something boring. Um, that place between delusion and fantasy um, might not feel all that blessed just feeling the presence of God. It might actually feel scary and difficult, like the desert, um, as well as boring. But it might be just what you need right now, if you can stay there in a place of trust. When we tell this story, let's go back to the sand there. Oh, thanks, Josh. When, when we tell this story to the kids, and Hannah might be doing this upstairs right now, the story of Abraham going out on this journey. We have a bunch of sand, and um, there's like this little there's this little figure, Abraham and Sarah, going through the desert in the sand, and um, we get to this part about the blessing, and the teacher holds their hand like above the figure and says, "And God came near to Abraham, and Abraham came near to God." And the teacher just kind of holds their hand above the figure. And I love that, that demonstration of nearness. That's the blessing of God's nearness. And um, I think, you know, Abraham could have missed that if he wasn't paying attention and trusting. 
everyday faith can be kind of boring, like, um, like the Instagram meme was saying, but, but he, he tried to hang on to the promise that God would carry him somewhere, that this, this journey was going somewhere. And so that's why he sets up these little altars of gratitude, as we were reading in, in um, Genesis 12, like cairns on a hike. If you've ever, like, um, if you've ever, keep going forward, Josh, sorry. <laughs> Thanks. If you, yeah, if you've ever, uh, you know, taken a journey and you've got to a point where you had, like, something, some special insight, or like you reach the summit, or there was a vista, might have set up one of these little altars of gratitude. Or maybe you write things down in your journal when you, when you get this sense that like, I'm not actually alone, like, I'm part of something bigger. God sees me. You know, I'm gonna be okay, in spite of all of my feelings to the contrary. That's a little altar of gratitude. That's a moment to thank God for bringing us this far to the place that we are in right now. And that's what Abraham kept doing on his journey. And I notice in there, in Abraham's story, um, how being blessed like this, like trusting in God's presence as his primary guide it didn't involve ownership or, or dominance or violence. He didn't, like, he didn't like buy up any land. In fact, he didn't even buy any land his whole life and this promise was fulfilled, but like, I, I think the only thing he like purchased was a place to eventually bury his wife. Um, but God's promise is fulfilled to Abraham by traveling around and visiting these places in trust that God is eventually, gradually, <laughs> gradually going to bring this big extended family into being, going to bring this, this promise and this blessing to pass and extend it to the whole world. This trusting and visiting and this gentle, faithful nurturing, I think is so different from the ways, the ways of the world and the ways that we're taught to like accumulate stuff and compete and dominate for our blessings. Um, the way that we're taught to like strive and achieve for our blessings. But I think that's not a blessing. A blessing is a gift from God. Um, not something that we're entitled to. And I wonder if the way that we're taught to strive for stuff and recognition isn't really God's plan for blessing at all. I think we're wired and, and destined for a much more communal and nurturing way of life that, that could really feed the whole world, that is intended to feed the whole world. Um, not something like the concept of manifest destiny that, that the United States, um, that we see in U US history, where certain people were more privileged with rights than others, and, and creation has been so harmed by that kind of intent to dominate and, and uh, put some people over others.
Instead, with land, with relationships, with career achievements, I think we might be better off taking Abraham's approach and posture. Like we're gonna go, we're gonna go and visit and appreciate a place or a community or a person and we're gonna thank God for them rather than needing to possess something. Abraham is trusting in God's promise and timing and God's way of making him a giant family of descendants. Um, and, and that does happen through a messy mixture of, of, of him and his people remembering God's way and then forgetting and then coming back to it again. We do get to this fulfillment of the promise. But again, it's not a direct path. It's not a magical stairway to heaven. It's filled with many human moments of struggle, you know, that, that we're still in. Um, but God is faithful. And later on in this chapter, we, um, we see that Abraham gets scared and he forgets God's promise. The next couple of verses in this chapter are him already... Um, getting scared that God can't really take care of him, and so he lies, and he acts like his wife is his sister. And it brings harm to her and to him and, and the king of Egypt. And so Abraham learns the hard way uh, over and over again to rely on God's provision, even when he's scared. And he really does learn, because we see further on in his story, he is willing to lay everything on the altar for God, even his own son. And God is faithful to him and makes him someone who blesses others too. In that, we're still ta we're talking about him right now. That's kind of the evidence of the promise being fulfilled. So this promise of being a blessing, not just being blessed, but actually being made into a blessing is where I want to want to land here um, in our exploration. God promises to make us a blessing. In that first part of the chapter, we, we read the promise, all the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. How does that happen? How are we part of this blessing sharing? I think, um, obviously, it's not magic. It's still, we're still in the struggling process. But it, it seems to happen through surrender to God's way of shalom. This is a way of living in awareness of how we're part of the whole and how what we do and who we are affects others. It's not the way of individualism. <laughs> um, it's a way of growing understanding and care for others and for the whole very countercultural to the narrative that most of us have been given. Um, if you grew up in the United States, you know, you were taught that your decisions should like work for you and, and what's best for you personally. But I think we, we see consistently in the story of the Bible that the world is transformed and thriving when our vision gets expanded to see how this is a this is a this is a global universal <laughs> communal thing that God is trying to do here where everybody gets taken care of and everybody is valuable everybody's gifts are seen and um, important 
and needed to contribute to the greater good. I'm reading this um, great book by Reverend Dr. Barbara Holmes. Um, I have a picture of her up there. So grateful uh, for her contributions. This one is called Crisis Contemplation, and she wrote it um, after the pandemic began as kind of a response, uh, a way to kind of enter the, the crisis, the moment we're in, um, and use it to listen and see how God might be like, how it might be an invitation to heal from some of the mess that we've always been embroiled in. Um, she's a spiritual teacher, activist, scholar, uh, focused on African-American spirituality, mysticism, cosmology, and culture. She's done so many different kinds of work um, with her various degrees in education and law um, and the church. She's a pastor now. She works with, she's done work with the homeless and AIDS work around the world. Um, but again, she wrote this book to talk about how the crisis in community that we're in is an invitation to healing through the power of God and God's ways. And um, I want to read you just another little excerpt. If we are to survive as communities, we must heal while we are on the go, on the journey. This means we must protest and resist violence and oppression while developing and reclaiming creative options that will restore the village. We must shed our indoctrinations to a way of life that is unnatural, feed our spirits, and seek opportunities to share our gifts. My hope rests on the multiplicity of gifts that are intrinsic to village life. And I'm looking at all of you because you all have them and bring them. Some will pray, others will resist, still others will teach the generations on the rise, and yet others will go inward toward discernment of the spirit. I know that it is difficult to continue our spiritual practices while our communities are being terrorized by random violence, and I would say, and not so random violence. And so I offer three specific ways to move toward healing through the recovery of memory and story, the revival of culture and ritual, and the interpretation of our trauma through the lens of our joy. We are part of something bigger than individual existence. Purpose and entanglement, collectivity and potential are part of the tapestry of life. The temptation is to accumulate and compete Activities that do not enhance the community or the soul. The collective task is to decenter our human hubris or ego. Delight in the enchantment of a shared and inspirited life space or gratitude and tell our stories. So I think when we can center she, I, I can't even begin to say it like she said it, but we, when we begin to center our blessedness, those gifts from God that we each have and share based on these promises and commit ourselves 
again to God's ways, ways that are other than hierarchy, domination, violence, oppression, leaving addiction to whiteness, affluence, religion, whatever entitlement we might feel attached to, and keep seeking the shalom, the peace that is in Christ, this peace that is for everyone, I think we will find joy and deep connection in the journey again. I'm losing my voice a little bit, but I want to just um, end with three uh, kind of practical, practical ideas about what that looks like. Um, I think first of all, I think it means that we should uh, accept that this journey is, is like never ending. Like we're not gonna arrive on it. We're not gonna like be done, at least in this life. Um, it's gonna, it's, it's bigger, it's bigger than that. And um, you know, the universe itself keeps expanding. That's why I put a picture of the universe from the Hubble up there. Like the universe itself keeps expanding. So how could we think that we could sort of get a handle on what God is doing and um, just kind of, you know, be done with our job. Um, I think it means we can't settle down. The spiritual life is not for settling down and getting too comfortable and, and overly satisfied with our accomplishments too far or too attached to any, any particular condition or tradition. We're called to keep leaving the lands of our past and moving into the unknown. And, and, and I think this is kind of the heart of our faith that we surrender to, um, that, we never, that we never truly arrive on this side of life. All we can rest in is the promise of God's presence that will take us there. And so I think the call is to organize our life around that grounding sense of God's presence and movement. And I think the sooner we can make that commitment like, or, and accept that it's like, we're always gonna keep getting called deeper, um, the better. Because as we get older, at least in my experience, the temptation is to kinda, uh, you know, get, get cozy with my relationships and the little bit of money that I might have and the stuff I might have and kinda make it about me. Um, as we age generally, we have more resources and temptations to build walls around our stuff and habits. Like my, my youngest child is a senior in high school now, and so I'm kind of looking at, you know, launching the kids next year. And I could, I, you know, I've been real tempted to start thinking about a beach house or like those trips, not, not that we could ever afford that, but the, what, what, we, what I could do um, to kind of settle into what's next instead of keeping this global promise of shalom, this song of communal shalom like loudest in my mind. And I wanna do that because I know that's where I'm really gonna be fulfilled. Um, when I'm open to my part in the realization of that shalom and relying on God's provision fully uh, to get us there, like, like we were singing about. Mm -hmm. Fine, uh, secondly, 
I think we want to nurture community and love. That's another practical thing we can do once we've accepted that this journey doesn't end. Nurture community and love. Relationships with each other is where we will see Christ and spread this promise of shalom I, most clearly. That's where in relationship with each other is where we get to experience and spread the blessing. I, I'm, I'm rolling on three hours of sleep right now because I was with uh, some, some of our women in our Jersey congregation last night. Um, and I got to experience the blessing there, and it was worth, it was worth the uh, three hours of sleep. Building community and love, um, I think, is essential because uh, we need it. We each need it for our hearts and, and bodies and spirits. And we've got this great cloud of witnesses that's encouraging us on that journey. You've both in this life and on the other side. And finally, um, let's pray and seek ways. Sony's gonna, gonna help us pray more. In our, in, like after our Sunday meetings and even in our Sunday meetings this season. Um, but we wanna be open to ways that we can continue to be a blessing, like in practical ways too. Um, I was thinking about Ukraine and this week because it kept coming up in conversation with people like people were texting me asking are we sponsoring anybody and then somebody else um told me last night um that they were praying about this, these really specific things that would happen that then they saw happening in the news and and so the the message was like there's more to do we can still help um there's a lot going on in the world that we can um, be part of in the way of blessing. Our recovery groups are expanding. We have a Gamblers Anonymous group here now, a Gamers Anonymous group. Um, my friend Rob right there, he runs Evolution to Recovery and they rent the basement space um, for recovery housing. Uh, that's their office space, not where people actually live. And uh, many of you know our partner, Chris Eden, who directs the Participatory Defense Hub, that we are part of that accompanies and empowers people to get out of the criminal justice system. He's trying to make a full-time job out of being the Defense Hub leader, and so we're trying to imagine ways to support him in that. Um, by way of praying, and seeking ways that we can keep being a blessing. And finally, ourselves make these weekly places of belonging that I know many of you are a part of, and you make, you, you are a blessing. And that's, that's really what my main message is here tonight. You are a blessing, and we need you to keep being who you are with us together. So let me pray for us, and then we'll, we'll sing and talk back. Jesus, I pray that you would, I thank you for these ancient stories that we can go back to, that point to these truths, even though they seem kind of weird and abstract to us sometimes. Thank you for the call to remember, so that we can, we can remember our spiritual 
ancestral identity in you um, for the sake of the whole world. I pray that we could keep seeing our part in that and knowing um, the gift of your presence and trusting in that beyond anything else. Thank you for each other. I pray that you would keep nurturing our community in love and help us to be a blessing to the community all around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhopenet.com.